Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and joining us this week, returning from her travels, we have Marge. Hello, welcome back, everyone. I guess I'm saying welcome back. Yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, not very professional. I've taken too much time off, I guess, but I'm back. Marge, <laughs> your host of Bite Me the Show About Edibles. Oh my God, that was like not my best work. I'm so sorry, but. I'll fix it in post. Don't worry, Marge. Don't... She's, out of, she's out of practice, man. That's just it. You know, she missed many weeks. I she's been so. having those uh those bubble hawk edibles. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck around and find out. Mm. <laughs> fuck around and find out edibles. Yeah. That's right. We also have Monkey. What's up, Monkey? Tell us about your troubles this week. <laughs> you mean my uh, two two a.m. discovery yesterday that the AC in my grow room has gone out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it being a Sunday, you can't get parts today. So I am remote today. So if, if my audio sounds different, it's because I'm not in my regular spot, not on my regular computer and not using my regular microphone. But I'm here. That's so right. Happy, That's the important happy thing. Happy Sunday, everybody. Nice. We also have Bubble Hawk. What's up, Bubble? G'day, guys. Bubble Hawk coming at you from the land down under. Just um, a nice early morning start. I've got my coffee. Good friends, good times. So nice. Other than that, nothing, nothing special. Just uh, well, it is special being here for you guys. So Aww. nice. Aww. And then we also have a, a special <laughs> guest this week. We did an interview on Thursday with uh, Angus from the Real Seed Company, and because we're speaking about land races, phenotypes, and hybrids in the Grow Guide section, we thought it would be cool to get Angus back for the live show and he said yes so here he is angus do you want to say hello and introduce yourself to everybody all right yeah, i guess i'll say hello hello everyone yeah um uh, also um 110 unprofessional here as well so, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> good to be here, yeah yeah lovely jubbly nice there we go that's it is that your intro you didn't you didn't write Me? anything down or anything no <laughs> Oh, I didn't even. I, I didn't even know I was meant to have one. That's really getting right. <laughs> no, I'm just taking the piss, mate. It's all good. We just wing it every time, man. We just wing it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we had a great interview with you the other day, and you know, thank you for being here to chat with us on the show. I had short notice as well. I only asked you yesterday. So thank you very much. For yeah. Well, this morning, really, because it was like I think midnight hmm. when, I, when you sent the email. Yeah. Well, this yeah, morning, maybe it was about one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my timing is off compared to most people in the UK. Uh, it's shocking. Shocking. But it's going to be one of those damn good shows, everybody. Damn good show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Billy says Angus was still more professional than a Mackie intro. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. Thank you. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's the last time I'm reading one of your comments out. Huh? <laughs> but yes, here we are, everybody. We're going to be discussing this week's cannabis news and events. As we do, we have five stories to be covering this week. And in the Grow Guide section, we're going to be talking about land races, hybrids, and phenotypes as well. So we're going to be discussing cannabis genetics and things like that. And we mainly will be asking Angus questions because this man knows his shit about all that kind of stuff, definitely more than what we know. So it's going to be a real good episode of Grow Guides as well. Yes, yeah, so what are we all smoking on this week? What you got, Bubble? Um, I've got some Purple Kush, 
actually. This oh, nice, nice. Um, and frozen as as all. I've always got dabs, always dabs. Mm. But yeah, the I've got purple Kush in the in the joint, and I've got um, I think this is blackjack. It's either blackjack or skittles, either of the two, in my in my dab rig. So if nice. I disappear for twenty minutes, you know what's happened. You you've fallen <laughs> asleep. You know, <laughs> I've fall, fallen off the back of my chair a little bit too high. Just laying there in a puddle of drool. Yes, yes. <laughs> trying to just reaching up to hit the mute button. What about you, Marge? What you got this week? This week, I actually have a cannabis beverage teapot, the mango green tea and Pedro Sweet Sativa to try out. Nice, and a little bit of blueberry OG. Yeah, you've been because I sent a few of your Instagram reels this week where you've been talking about the cannabis drinks you've been enjoying them this week right yeah i have been actually i really like them as an alternative to alcohol especially hmm. i guess i need to infuse some sugar and get going with that then yes honey's good too for that i like honey a lot and that's some agave nectar i think that'll work pretty well yeah i imagine it would because it's pretty much the same consistency right as honey pretty much mm. about like yeah like a corn syrup or a honey yeah pretty much yeah so. yeah so how long does it take for it to kick in? Because, you know, when you have a beer or, you know, an, an alcoholic beverage, it kicks in pretty quickly. Is it the same effect with the, the edible drinks, you know, edible yeah. drinks for lack of a better term? Yeah, I'd say especially the ones from like if you're buying them from the dispensaries or whatever, and they're like the nano emulsions that they're always talking about. Those ones definitely hit faster. No way. Like 15, 20 minutes kind of thing as opposed to 45 to an hour. Wow. Kind of thing. I'd like that. That would be good. Yeah. yeah. yeah if you're making cool, your own man. at home with your own infusion, like a honey or syrup or something, it might be a little bit longer, but I still feel like they, they still hit faster than a, an edible that you would eat. Nice. Yeah. And usually the high doesn't last as long either, which is nice if, I don't know, you just don't want to be blasted for like six hours. I don't know. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah. Or you can always drink another one, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. We're still not in the place where we can have these nice drinks here in the UK because, you know, it's a shithole. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Monkey, what are you saying? What you got? <laughs> uh, I've got some LSD in the, mic- in the volcano today. So I'm going back to an older crop, and I really like it. I have to just be careful with it. This is a really strong one, and it knocks the hell out of me if, I, if I'm not careful. Nice. Well, I've just got some amnesia in the mighty, as usual. But what, what's Angus got? Angus, are you are you partaking? Oh god, yeah, no, prepare to be disappointed. I might be about to get banned from the show, but I'm I'm not actually what? Smoking, I'm what? not smoking anything. I'm I'm on, a, <laughs> I'm on a prolonged smoke break because I'm back in the UK and the only person these days who I know who has anything I'd like to smoke is me. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have anything. I'm not I'm not much of a smoker of, of modern stuff. I mean I, I am now and then, but um generally the half of my year that I spend doing collecting and stuff is the half of my year when I'm smoking, if I'm smoking. Nice. And, um, yeah. I, you know, um, smoking the real I, shit. I like, I like sort of um, the kind of things I'll be getting when I'm in, you know, Nepal or Laos and that kind of place. Um, mm-hmm. you know, traditional ganja, traditional charis and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I mean, Bristol is not um, where I live. It's not exactly, um, short of uh, yeah <laughs> yeah opportunities. but uh you know the 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 fellow who I, who I would normally go and see he has he has stuff like um uh what did he have last time Skittles. Glue and um, yeah. he claimed that it was gorilla glue and you know um washing machine i don't know, yeah. you know the sort of stuff <laughs> that i for me it's um 
you know, I like, I, um, it's just a bit, it's a bit much for me, honestly, some of it, you know, mm. <laughs> so, um, I like, I like stuff that is, um, you know, um, gentle, uh, powerful, but in a gentle way, if you know what I mean, doesn't like, mm -hmm. you know, rip your brain off and, out yeah, yeah. And, you know, I know what you're saying, man. I know, you're just a gentle eye rather than something that matches you up. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. What's everybody out there in the chat smoking? Don't forget to let us know in the chat. Or if you're listening to this when the show is already over, then you know, drop in the comments, man. Let us know what you're partaking in this week. It'd be good to know what is out there. So I think it's time to move on to the cannabis news. Is everybody ready to talk about some news? Hell yeah. I, do I think so. Do yes. this. Marge yeah, sounds yeah, really man. eager. Yeah, Marge, Marge <laughs> is definitely going first this week. Here we go. Oh, for you, the know, news. you know how long it's been since I've gone on. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Oh, right, you guys so... totally missed my 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 setup. What setup? I said you missed it. You missed my setup. I was like, "How long have I been on? Two weeks." But oh, <laughs> fuck it, Marge, you're just way too above us, man. You just you completely <laughs> wow. out of our level. Goddamn shit. Okay, shit. it's those Sorry, drinks yeah, he's making. Yeah. That's what it is, man. Two weeks. Two <laughs> weeks. There we go. Weeks. There we go. Weeks. And Angus yeah, is funny. now there. Like what the. F Fuck is this place? Yeah. That's no. a permanent thing for me. So you're all right. Just wherever I am, you know. <laughs> I get that when yeah, I'm in right. the living room just by myself. It's just a total recall reference. You know, total recall with with Arnie back in the day. Fucking hell, that's going back a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We all go back a bit. You know. I remember what the, the reference is, but yeah. The, the, the lady, uh, well, it, it's Arnie. He's in the mask. And it's like, right. uh, how long do you plan on staying on Mars? And the lady's like, two weeks. Two weeks and starts malfunctioning, and the face opens two up. So weeks. Anytime the term two weeks comes up, then we have to be like, two weeks. Yeah. I don't even know why that like latched on the way it has. And, but it's know, here now, and it's part of the show, know. and it's here to stay. It's high on homegrown, man. It's what it is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good times. Good times. Uh, yeah. Fucking everybody out there in the chat now saying two weeks. Good. Right. So. Let's talk about the cannabis news and events. Let's do it. Yes. So here we are, everybody. It's time to talk about some cannabis news and events. And every week when I go to Google and I'm trying to find news stories, I'll go to Google and I'll type in Cannabis News UK and then I'll go to Tools, put in Time Limit last week. And all you can ever see is cops busted this guy these plants were found this grow house was bust it's always the same shit man it's always the same shit i was gonna actually instead of bringing a news article to the show this week i was just gonna go to the google page and show you what the fuck it's like and any cannabis news from the uk is just these people got busted this person got busted the police have raided this place it's absolutely fucking shocking man but I didn't do that. I did bring a story because one of the listeners sent in a story. But we'll get to that story later on because it's been a while and, and Marge has a new story to cover. So we should get Marge to do hers first. Don't you, don't you think, Marge? That's right. I volunteer as tribute. I'll nice. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, so I wish I was bringing better news, but not today. MasterCard ban on cannabis debit card purchases rocks industry. And this was dated. Damn. Sorry, Marge. <laughs> no. It's big pretty, news. It's big, big fucking yeah. news. This is not even just for cannabis yeah. users, for everybody. This is important news. Right. But, you know, it, yeah. we'll go through the story first and then react to it afterwards. Eh? So this was dated July 27th. So this is literally just happened. 
But MasterCard's new hardline demand that banks and payment processors immediately halt cannabis transactions involving its debit card has upended the marijuana industry and put more licensed operators at financial risk. Industry insider, insiders told MJ Biz Daily, which is where this article is from. The latest development, first reported by Bloomberg, is expected to affect adult use and medical marijuana retailers the most, as well as their customers, obviously. Those customers will likely revert back to the days of cash-only transactions, a throwback in an era when digital wallets are used to buy everything from groceries to gas. It's also a stark reminder that these types of businesses or business setbacks will persist without federal cannabis reform, and as long as cannabis remains illegal under U.S. law, executives told NJ Biz Daily. Uh, so earlier this year, cannabis operators were forced to scramble and find a new payroll provider after receiving a memo, a memo from Paychex advising that the company would no longer pro process direct deposits or offer other financial services for marijuana-related businesses. MasterCard issued its cease and desist orders earlier this week to participating banks in accordance with our policies, we instructed the financial institutions that offer payment services to cannabis merchants and connect them to MasterCard to terminate the activity, a spokesperson from told the news agency. It's widely believed the vast majority of marijuana debit transactions at U.S. cannabis stores are routed either through First Federal Bank of Florida or Dart Bank in Michigan. Which I'm not really sure. Do they use MasterCard a lot? I'm not really sure how that's connected. Mm -hmm. But executives from the two banks did not immediately respond to inquiries as a result of the marijuana card or Mar MasterCard order. Cannabis businesses said consumers will likely see more ATMs at stores. Retailers in their supply chain will also have to deal with a lot more cash, which brings its own sense of sets of challenges. Is challenge? I can't even talk today. Holy shit! Challenges and <laughs> Jesus. <risks. laughs> <laughs> it's been two weeks. Marijuana companies are particularly vulnerable to break-ins and robberies, given the highly highly cash nature of the business already. Um, we're taking the situation, making it harder for cannabis businesses to facilitate legal operations," said Don Morris, co-founder of California-based. Proteus 420, which makes point of sale POS and inventory software for cannabis companies, which what this means is moving into heavier cash processing again, which increases theft and potential for more illicit market operation operators to move back into the space uh, prior to legalization. Mm -hmm. uh, they're talking about Dutchy next financial service providers in the cannabis space will have to find new solutions as well. So they mentioned Dutchie, which is like a, a tech platform that provides POS hardware and e-commerce solutions for retailers across the country. I've heard of these guys. These are the guys you have to pass on the left hand side. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> Dutchie is a pretty big company though, because they had those in in yeah, yeah funny. Um, in Canada too. They they were in a lot of retail stores. So I don't gonna be one of those days, Marge. <laughs> I'm still here giggling at myself over that shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's just going on. Like, obviously, Dutchie's now going to have to change their whole thing because they're going to have to remove uh, MasterCard. But I find it interesting that they're talking about MasterCard debit transactions in particular, but they're not talking about credit. But well, I think, um, I mean, it's, it's. Is it all the same? Well, mm, sort of, but but not quite. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got it, Angus? Go ahead. No, 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 uh, no, no, uh, carry on. Yeah. Um, 
when an article I read basically said what was happening is a lot of in, in the States, especially a lot mm-hmm. of dispensaries because they cannot charge the actual charge to a MasterCard dispensaries were putting in ATMs where you would go into the ATM and take a cash advance out and then pay for your weed with the cash advance. And so what they're trying to do is get these ATMs uh, that are either in dispensaries or like nearby or something like that is what I read is that they're, they're threatening to at least remove these ATMs from those locations. But, but some of this uh, said that some some retailers will be bringing in ATMs as well. But maybe those are like those third party ones where you pay like five bucks to take money out or something. That's kind of the, 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 the things are. Yeah, that's what they are. Yeah. The reason it's um, it's it's as far as I know, because you know it's not like one of my favorite things to read about all this stuff to do with banks and stuff. But I've having the websites I've got, it's a it's a permanent problem. You know, trying to get um card uh you know stuff right. and use awesome. card on the site and um you know mastercard i mean it's uh that th- they own the networks and you know for for being able to just do these transactions and stuff you know so it's them and visa and uh you know um the other ones were american express and uh you know there's not many mm-hmm. big, you know, the, the, but you'll know the other big names like your know, union pay i think is the chinese one but you know mm-hmm. that's got the whole of fucking China behind it, and it's barely—I don't think—made much of an Im- impact in the West. You know, I see, right. see it sometimes in some countries. I used to see it in like Serbia and stuff. You know, which are part more of the kind of—they got a bit more in that sort of Russia-China type zone. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you see Union Pay in Thailand and stuff. And but anyway, I mean, you know, basically, if you're cut out of these things, you're screwed, really. You know. I mean, yeah, yeah, it makes it really difficult. And yeah. that, that was, so mm-hmm. Dutchie is coming up with a solution. They say, uh, what are they saying here? Under their new service, Dutchie retail customers will essentially purchase Bitcoins from Dutchie Partner Mobile Currency LLC equal to the amount of the corresponding dispenser transaction. So it sounds like they're going to be incorporating some uh, digital wallet to deposit, transact, and receive funds. All this stuff is just a huge barrier. You know? Sorry. Which sounds... It's- I mean, that sounds like a workaround, I suppose. But at the same time, if you're not buying Bitcoin, and obviously Bitcoin prices fluctuate quite a bit. So it, I don't know how many... Well, they did something similar to this with Bitcoin. When Bitcoin was uh, reaching its all-time highs and shit, there was loads of credit card providers who were saying, you can't use our cards to buy this kind of thing. Yeah, And it's bigger than just cannabis, man. This is essentially controlling what the consumers can do. You, it's it's a it's a bad precedent for them to set, and you can kind of understand why because right now cannabis is still uh, illegal federally in the USA, so you know that's going to be one of their excuses. Like they don't want too many cannabis transactions on their platform because it's yeah. illegal, right? So I think like um, to fall back on. Anger, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Um, I think yeah, it's the main excuse they gave is just the fact that it's illegal federally. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the reason why you have these um, banks, what was it, Florida First Bank, and then there was a bank in Michigan, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I think they're fairly small, right? I mean, are they? Would that be right? They're not. They don't ring. Not, they don't ring a bell for me anyway. I mean, not that again, mm-hmm. expert on American banks, but I think the reason so few of them are even pre- pre- prepared to provide these um, services is that, you, and I know this from trying to get, um, like I say, um, card stuff and things for the website. The, the money laundering checks and that kind of stuff once you get into cannabis 
basically the reason the banks uh, uh, are very reticent to get involved is because of the illegality of the plan mm. in, in you know and, and or the marginality of it or the just the complexity of it so what they're worried about is they're going to take on a client who's then going to start um putting you know laundering profits from illegal activities through now i, I say like they're worried i mean obviously <laughs> the banking system is rife with money laundering mm. and, but that's and them so at the top it's, that, it's that, that's a, not that's not uh normal people uh, that's at the top it's okay for them to do it it's not okay for normal yeah. people to do it yeah. well i mean it's it's um the most of the services the the, the areas i've found that you, you the, the countries that you tend to to get so for within the eu like lithuania and malta and um cyprus and stuff you tend to find that the companies that will provide these services in in europe tend to be associated with places like that mm-hmm. and uh, they're just they, they are countries that tend to provide um those services to to organize crime and stuff as well you know mm-hmm. so um it's like yeah uh you know it, they need to just they just need to sort out the federal stuff in the states it's amazing to me that they still haven't you know yeah but i think crazy. in terms of the excuses they provide it's like yeah what you're saying is obviously true it's like but on the other hand the i think the cons- the concern the bank's got is genuine in the sense that if they're already doing dodgy stuff genuine in the sense that they they genuinely what I mean by genuine is they're genuinely worried about taking this stuff on because it puts them in the firing line first mm. and, and more likely just to be exposing themselves to interest that they don't want you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah but what what gets me in this article as well though is you know the difference between debit cards and credit cards where a credit card is essentially you're spending their money and paying them back later on and a debit card is just transaction where you're spending your money and that's where that's where my problem is with this shit it's like it's your money and you should be able to spend it on whatever the fuck you want to spend it on for them to step in and say, you can't use our card to do this. But if you're yeah. a MasterCard, if you, yeah. if you had a MasterCard, that's a debit card, you need to fuck them off, man. Be, fuck you, cheeky bastards. Can't tell me how to spend my money. Yeah, well, they, they will just come back and say, like, it's our networks and it's our, it's our process. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that I'm not, I'm just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their, that's their excuse, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but um, we need to show the that the is, you know, consumers are in charge, man, and you need. But it needs to be a whole lot of people to stand up against something like this. And as you say, it's pretty much a monopoly, where you have. Uh, I mean, it's not a monopoly because it's not just Mastercard. You have Visa and okay. other big banks, but there's only a few of them. There's a handful of them that control the whole system. You know, I mean, HSBC. Uh, mm-hmm. There's that famous case in Mexico where the cartels would just walk into the bank with suitcases of cash. You know. And mm-hmm. the, the story goes that, they, that literally they used to widen the gaps. Like they had to sort of end up widening the gaps on their on their sort of screens. With I don't know if it's true, but you know, so it was easier for them to push their suitcases full of literal <laughs> like, cash through. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it was. I mean, it was. It's just outrageous. And uh, you know, the, the city of London. Yeah, I mean, like the money pouring through the British financial system that comes from mm-hmm. organized crime, and also like fucking Delaware. You know, Biden's home state. It's like offshore central. You know, so. When you hear like LLC and stuff on that Bitcoin thing, you know, these limited liability companies that you can sell. I mean, they okay. give you a, an astonishing amount of that. You can, you can, if you pay a good enough lawyer, you can create these structures where it's more or less impossible for anyone to ever know where the money, your, um, your okay. money is coming from, you know, but to actually get the um, point of service kind of for the, for someone to come and actually pay you with a card and stuff. Yeah. You've still got to find someone who's prepared to provide that for you. I mean, none of the big British banks, these days will do it. I've, I've for many years, 
had uh, um, uh, one of these, you know, this uh, one of these uh, terminal, you know, terminals, as it were, on the on the site where you could use a card from a company called Secure Trading that were based in Malta. They were dodgy as fuck, you know, and they mm-hmm. eventually got um, shut down. And uh, because they were involved in such a lot of um, fraud and this kind of stuff, you know, so they got bought by um, one of the more superficially respectable um, banks, you know, eventually. And uh, when they were going back through and, and checking what the fuck was on their system, you know, because they don't know, like, once they get big enough, they just, no one fucking knows what's going on. Nobody knows even how the banks themselves work. But Secure Trading didn't know who was on their books. I mean, when they got taken over, the new company didn't know who they had on their books, you know. It took them three or four years to find me on their system, you know. Mm-hmm. The money just wow. comes in. It's just, it's just, it's just like an, it's just like an automatic machine, you know. And they would have had all kinds of stuff on there, I suspect. You know, like um, companies doing, um, you know, selling dodgy, dodgy pharmaceuticals and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, God knows what else. You know, and uh, yeah. they just don't know. They're so massive. You know? The mm-hmm. thing that I find interesting, though, is like, yes, they do need federal, obviously, federal legalization would make a huge difference in all of this. But I mean, Mastercard has sounds like been working with these businesses for quite a while now why they're pulling out at this point it's hard to say but mm. they're also working with legal cannabis businesses who have mm. gotten licensing and jumped through hoops and paid obscene amounts of money to open these stores and run these businesses and i don't know to me the odds that they're using it as a front for money laundering or anything else shady business they think could affect mastercard seems unlikely Cash is king, man. Cash is king. And this is why why they want to take cash away from us all and turn us into a cashless society. But mm-hmm. damn, man. Cash is king. Just pay with cash, motherfuckers. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I agree. With this with this story, it's hard to say, like, um, specific. Yeah, like, because what I was saying with the um, money laundering, I, you know, yeah, it's difficult to say because it doesn't seem like it would be a, the case, like, same with clients of theirs who've got 100% legal operations going on. In, in whichever state but i guess they're not 100 percent legal in the sense they do conflict with federal law but yeah it's not obvious why can't why mastercard would suddenly care about it you know mm-hmm. yeah. it's a little strange yeah, yeah. interesting story man and there's going to be repercussions from it which uh yeah, maybe this will set a precedent we'll see we'll see how things develop but in my personal opinion i've been to shops before where they're like oh we don't take cash and it's like okay then i won't be using your services anymore because uh I, we should always have the option of being able to pay cash. And if you don't have that option, you can go fuck yourself. I don't want to have business with you. That's, That's the way legal it is. tender. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. They can't really refuse. I guess they, can they refuse you cash? You yeah, you can, you can, yeah, as a yeah. business, you can refuse anyone you feel like if you don't want mm-hmm. to sell mm-hmm. something to them. But I mean, it's, yeah, um, once we're all off cash, yeah, it, it's going to be much more like a panopticon where they can see exactly what's going on. But then, all these things like Bitcoin as well, uh, I find them strange because, you know, supposedly you're stuck on this massive ledger once you've done a transaction. There's a sort of permanent record of mm-hmm. everything that's been bought and sold. So it seems odd yeah. to me that people use it for doing... You know, so it's like the, it's anonymous, but they can relate the, the wallet address back to you. So it's not yeah. really anonymous, is it? It's, yeah. It's, just, it's, a, it's a dodgy one, man. Cash is king. Still waiting to see anything that's better than cash. I mean, is it... It's easier to pay with card for many reasons, but you know you should always have the option of being able to pay cash. That, that is what's always gold is be. the other alternative. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, Mr. Mr. Putin's um, literally flying planes of gold around at the minute. He might be uh, the richest man in the world, and we just don't know it. Yeah, Putin is very rich, man. Very rich, very very powerful. 
Well, I mean, all his money went, you know, I mean, the reason he exists is uh, the UK financial service system and, 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 you know, Switzerland and New York and whatever, um, you know, it's, it's all right for him to like fleece, you know, literally just take billions out of the country uh, as it mm-hmm. is for all the other dodgy autocrats that we've helped to loot Africa and wherever else, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. But anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, why do we always I get the blame? It's a bit hypocritical. <laughs> it's goddamn UK. Goddamn. Well, yeah, yeah, we are. We are pretty bad on that one. Yeah, man. we are fucking bad, be. man. <laughs> it's the second empire. Mm-hmm. The world's a crazy place right now, man. This is an interesting story for sure. And it, I think it just infringes on consumer rights too much. You know, when, like I said, it's debit card, man. You're using that card as the middleman to push your money around from one place to another. You're not using MasterCard's money. Like, you know, if you go and buy your petrol and you pay it on your credit card and you pay it off at the end of the week, you know, that's using MasterCard's money and paying them back. That's different in a way. But debit card, that's my fucking money. And you're forcing me to use it in this way. You know? God damn. Crazy shit, man. Crazy shit. But we'll, we'll see what happens, isn't it? Well, what other news stories do we have here? We have some... Uh, do you want to cover one, Angus? You got your news story? You got interesting Oh, God, stories. right, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's still more um, news stories to cover. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, we've only covered one. <laughs> yeah. And so, we were reasonably calm. We didn't freak out or anything. We did really well with that one. I, almost, Thanks, did, I almost went off, off on one about Vladimir. No Putin. rant, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. There's still plenty of time for us to rant. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so this is about Nepal, um, which is one of uh, various countries that are you know, going down this um, medical marijuana, quote, um, thing route with... Um, you know, Laos and uh, Ukraine and I think, is it Czech Republic or somewhere? But anyway, so um, this is from, it's fairly recent. It was back in June, though. Um, so it says, highly anticipated, quotes, activists stoked as government announces feasibility study for, for um, feasibility study plan for medical marijuana. Uh, and um, do you want me to read the whole thing? I don't know if I can fucking manage that. But point is... Uh, the finance minister, Prakash Sharan, um, has um, announced a fiscal plan and uh, a big feasibility study for marijuana farming um, for the for the next fiscal year. And um, when he announced it, there was some sort of, you know, bit of banter and laughter going on in the parliament um, because he kept on chuckling and people were sort of uh, speculating that he might actually be stoned himself. And... Um, it's a kind of a, it's a very big moment for Nepal because it, it has a long history of trading in cannabis. Um, it became illegal uh, only back in 1973 during the Nixon administration, when uh, him and uh, Spiro, Spiro Agnew, I think it is, um, uh, just lent on the Nepalese to uh, to, to to ban it. Um, and uh, this was kind of part of uh, bringing them out. It's just Cold War stuff, really, bringing them out of the orbit of uh, mm-hmm. the Soviet Union and China more into the American side. And so in, in return for this, uh, you know, a lot of aid money and stuff, it was agreed that they would ban cannabis. It had been getting a lot of headlines, what with the hippie trail and stuff, going to Kathmandu and things. So um, it says the finance minister's announcement didn't come out of the blue. It followed years of sustained movement. In last year's general elections, at least one candidate contested the polls on the pro-legalization plank. 
know, it's a strange idiom there, but anyway, through, although the candidate from the right-wing Rastriya Prajatantra party fought the slogan, uh, fought the poll with a winningly thought-out slogan, Jaya Desh, Jaya Charis, which means glory to the country, glory to Charis. He yes. didn't actually succeed. succeed. Um, anyway, um, so the idea is that any farmer with a desire to cultivate marijuana can get a license from the local government or the respective district administration after specifying the area of cultivation, the people involved, and providing an assurance against unauthorized use. It proposed the formation of a 14-member member marijuana board led by the health secretary to regulate and manage the cultivation and sale of marijuana. Uh, and uh, anyway, um, yeah, you don't need to read it all. You know, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, a long, um, it's a long one, but it's interesting. Um, so essentially, yeah. it's, the farmers are going to be able to grow cannabis legally in Nepal now. If they get yeah, only for um, only for the medicinal um, only for medicinal purposes at the minute, right? And I mean, as it is, it's like um, it's really not um, I'd say from my own experience, it's not um, you know, the the laws aren't strongly enforced there, you know. So within Kathmandu Valley, all around the capital, you don't have to go more than about uh, you know half an hour's drive out of the city to find farms where it's being grown you know mm -hmm. um so i'm a i'm kind of I, I don't know with a state like nepal like the power of the state itself to actually enforce these things is so limited anyway you know mm -hmm. they have sort of um i mean what happened after 1973 when they um banned it was um that a lot of the main areas that did use to supply cannabis in the sort of hippie era. Um, you know, when Kathmandu was like one for, for quite a while, the sort of the place that people went to after they'd gone through Afghanistan and into India and stuff, and they'd often uh end in, in Kathmandu or or you know, Doha was the other one in around there. Uh, but uh what happened was that the communities that 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 were very dependent on um the trade did get hit pretty hard you know once um prohibition got brought in because it, they couldn't um cultivate and, and sell on in the way that they used to and these same areas were the uh got increasingly poor and then effectively fell into the sort of um the lap of the maoist revolutionary movements in nepal right. so in the 90s um the, I'm not saying like Maoists as in like actually, you know, working with Chairman Mao, but like, you know, that was the Marxist-Leninist revolutionary philosophy that they subscribed to. And um, during that, that, a civil war started and it really, the hotbed of it, where it literally did start was in um, Rukum and Rolper and places. So that then led to um, a civil war that finally led to the, uh, um, uh, you know, um, royal family um, being kicked out uh, and, uh, uh, you know, um, quite far left um, governments uh, subsequently. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it um, it's just one example of what a fucking stupid thing it is to do to ban cannabis, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the, uh, the, uh, the day that it was announced that they were banning it in 1973, there was this mysterious fire that took hold in the royal palace, you know, burned down half the palace. <laughs> and yeah. hippies were looking and going, ah, oh, you see, you've 
you've pissed off uh, Lord Shiva, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Conveniently. It's <laughs> <laughs> mm. like what happened in the Netherlands recently, isn't it? The farmers got pissed off and just started setting fire to things. They, um... <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. It, but it, it's good to see them taking a step in the right direction by uh, at least allowing them to grow it now. And yeah, it seems as if the world's steadily with, um... moving there. Sorry, sorry, what was that? It just seems as if the world's uh, steadily moving in the right direction, just slowly. Yeah, yeah. slowly, yeah. It, I, it doesn't fill me with joy, though. Like, you were telling me to find stories to talk about, and I, like I said, I, I sort of just stopped paying much attention to it because mm-hmm. it seems to, it, 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 it does matter because it, it matters to me personally on a sort of emotional level insofar as I, I hate seeing people getting fucked over by this stuff, getting busted mm-hmm. and arrested, having their lives... And, and that's all we see in the UK here. Uh, yeah. As I said at the start of the news, it's, it's like... When I search for cannabis news every week, all I'm seeing is drug bust, drug bust, drug bust, drug bust everywhere. Yeah. That's all we're seeing in the. That's all the but, news but, we see. You see something well, like slip in, the, in there, but in, in, in terms of the consequences of the um, of of this law change, it it it, it's, it's, it doesn't sort of seem to me like it's going to have any radically beneficial effect for, for farmers at the minute, because I mean that, you know, they're just introducing these very clunky um, systems and. Uh, at best, they'll they'll find a way to keep um, you know corporate big corporate sort of big marijuana quotes out. You know, hopefully they will succeed in 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 doing the law in that way. But other than that, it's sort of um, you know you like I say, you go to any district in Nepal and uh, it's already it, it's already being cultivated. At, at the minute, it, you know the people who really benefit um, mm-hmm. most financially are the people who control the transportation networks. And the smuggling networks, you know, so the taxi companies and the bus companies and that kind of stuff, you know, they make the big money. The farmers don't make much, but mm. it, it doesn't look obvious to me that that, that there's going to be sort of anything massively beneficial for them. And likely when the, the, the corporate corporatization of it happens, they'll be using introduced seeds from other places. So on an ecological level, it's going to be quite bad news unless all the land races and wild stuff has been collected. Anyway, yeah. that's enough from me. Just... <laughs> Yeah, I'll just give everybody a quick look here because I've just done a quick Google search, Cannabis News UK, and I've made it for the last week. And we can have a look on the screen right here what kind of articles we're looking at when we see this kind of shit. We have uh, three charged after cannabis worth £1 million discovered. Crackdown on cannabis grows continuous 300 plants seized. Uh, cannabis grows spanning two properties found. Drugs seized as cannabis cultivation in Canterbury. Uh, cannabis farm out of harvest in Tameside. Uh, rugby man jailed after flat search reels tents full of i wonder what that next word is going to be <laughs> and then uh up community warrant executed at canvey island police uncover cannabis plants after raiding canvey and he goes on and on like that for pages and pages man this is the news that we have here in the uk so it's just it's shit that we have to look at this kind of stuff man but that's just the way it is i did a well, I didn't find a news article, but I do have one from a listener who sent one in, which is it's kind of uh, OK. It's kind of good news for here in the UK. I'll quickly cover it now. We have a uh, landmark ruling gives hope for UK CBD flower businesses. And, and I guess just CBD flower. We want THC flowers as well. We want we want just cannabis. Can you stop fucking around, please. And just fucking legalize already. Shit. Uh, this article goes on. I'll put it on the screen so you can see it. Uh, a landmark court of appeal ruling in the UK has set new legal precedent for businesses in the UK importing and selling CBD or low THC hemp flower. 
Crucially, the Court of Appeal has made it clear that it does not consider hemp flower with a THC content below 0.2% as a narcotic drug. Despite this, due to the timing and complexity of the case, this is far from the definitive free pass to import and sell low THC flower that has recently been seen in France. France. Uh, as Robert J.P., life sciences partner at Field Fisher, explained to Business of Cannabis, it doesn't give the green light for those businesses to carry on and openly trade, but at the same time, I think it substantially reduces the risk of criminal prosecution. Behind the complex legal implications of the ruling lie years of financial and mental anguish, persecution, and hard work by the business owners who enable it. A story business, a story business of cannabis will be exploring in greater detail in the coming weeks. So it looks as if we've been able to be, get CBD flower here in the UK for quite a while. You know, you can go to like places like Holland and Barrett and I think maybe even Boots <laughs> and they do some CBD kind of stuff. But it's not regulated very well. It's low quality as far as I've heard. I don't know. You can even like we have this shop called Poundland here in the UK. You know, Pound Town is what might refer to it the ones I remember. But and they yeah. had uh, like Epsom salts with CBD added to it. So you can have Epsom salts with CBD added in the bath, you know. <laughs> so it's making its way into some kind of um, medicinal purposes here in the UK, but it's just not good enough. It's not good enough, man. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about this, Angus? Because uh, you're in the UK as well. What do you think about this kind of stuff? I mean, as I was kind of rambling on about when I was on last time, we only ended up banning it here kind of by accident, you know? I mean, it sounds stupid, but it was banned back in 1928. I think mm -hmm. when we signed up to the League of, League of Nations uh, narcotics conventions, which were really about banning opiates. Mm -hmm. And the British um, had fought very hard to keep it off the law books because of the fact that at that time Britain was ruling, occupying, colonizing, however you want to put it, um, India particularly, you know, which then included Pakistan and Bangladesh and places. It was the biggest market for cannabis in the world. And the British had fought very hard to stop it being banned. And when it came in to force in, in the UK, basically nobody knew really much about it. It had sort of briefly had a period as a medicine in the Victorian era, but the problem was that standardizing the potency of it uh, proved really difficult because people who were buying the material in India frequently bought poor quality stuff. I think the Indians regarded them as easy marks, you know, and uh, as not knowing much about it. Mm -hmm. And um, it, when it became illegal, very few people knew what it was. And um, most of the early busts you see were in the ports in, in London and Liverpool and Hull and places like that and Belfast where you had sailors coming in from places like Egypt and India who were just using hashish and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, there was one bust involving a Jamaican. This is sort of, we're talking in the mid thirties, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, generally what happened wasn't that the police were out looking for cannabis. Um, they were called in because the, the Laskers, which is what these guys mostly were, which was a name for kind of block hired crew from east of the Cape. Um, mostly were Muslims and uh, didn't like to drink alcohol and uh, generally uh, so you know cannabis was their drug of choice and um, 
what would normally would have happened was that they'd have got into a fight with someone, you know. So they've got into a fight with a sort of a, a white officer, you know, or something along those lines, and you know, then that um, then the cops would get called in, and and uh, it would quickly people twig to the fact that you know they'd search their rooms and stuff and find this stuff and go, oh, this is cannabis, you know. So anyway, I'm just giving the kind of background to it. So, but then we've ended up in this situation where, I mean, bear in mind, like in the 60s and stuff, you know. England had a fairly kind of um, liberal policy towards a lot of drugs, you know, like um, you could get um, uh, heroin prescriptions, you know, still, even in kind of 1968, you know, like kind of crazy writers like William Burroughs moved to London to to get um, onto these quite, um, you know, liberal, to, to take advantage of these things, to get off things like heroin and stuff, you know. So, but I think it, then you had a period when, you know, um, things got more controversial and uh you had a big flood of, of heroin coming in in the 70s for example and the whole thing of drugs and the counterculture and cannabis and stuff became a bit more inflammatory you know and now you've got to a point where yeah it's a heavily racist systemically racist system where you're like seven times more likely to get busted if you're black and stuff you know or 16 times in some bits of the uk you know mm-hmm. and the, the the blair government they did try to legalize it uh decriminalize it there was a brief period. I mean, Blunkett actually was about to decriminalise it. Who was the Home Secretary? So you know, mm-hmm. he, um, yeah, they, they you he know, brought it down um, to Class C, didn't he? And there was an uproar yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, and um, effectively, what happened was that the police then lent on him, and it was them that sort of bullied him back into into changing the law back in conjunction with the right wing uh, tabloids press. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which the Labour just, you know, are scared of, you know, because they, they know that if they haven't got them on side, they don't stand a fucking chance, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, it went back to being properly, you know, a criminal offence. And I don't know. I mean, it. I, I think it's a, it's a generational thing, really. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to be really difficult to to for, to to do anything about it for Starmer. I think as we see it more in shops, though, the way that things are, you know, being able to get the Epsom salts with cannabis on it, you're seeing the cannabis leaf on more products and in more stores in different varieties as well, you know, different kinds of medicines, for lack of a better term. And people are seeing it more often and they're becoming more climatized to it being around. And I think it's just uh, reducing yeah. stigma slowly, but surely. The thing the there. thing I would say, just to, just the last point, because I tend to go off on one, so just like time to shut up, but. <laughs> the last thing I say is that the elite, the establishment in the UK, if in terms of the sorts of people who you'd see in the House of Commons in Parliament, even the Conservative Party, mm-hmm. uh, if you ask most Tories, even fucking twenty years ago, the most Tories sort of Conservatives, they would all say, "Oh yeah, it should be legalised." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. it, it's especially actually, I'd say Tories because they tend to be more kind of like, I mean, old school Tories even though they're very right-wing, they tend to be quite liberal on matters of personal choice, many of mm-hmm. them, but in practice, yeah, yeah. when they get into government, as with Labour, they always play on the, you know, we're tough on crime, you know, we're tough mm-hmm. on, which it can be a dog whistle for all kinds of things, you know, it can yeah. mean we're mm-hmm. tough on blacks, you know, we're tough on the young black guys, basically, what is what it can mean to a lot of their target audience when they're saying that, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not soft on the people who might nick you or scare you when you're walking down the street if you're a um, an, a, a pensioner, basically. Mm. You know, it's all gets it's all got mixed up with um, all kinds of you know racialized issues. You know, even though actually in practice, white people 
use uh, cannabis a lot more than any other group, you know? Mm. So, yeah. It's interesting, man, to see how things are evolving here in the UK. I think we have just bigger problems right now. I don't, I don't think they're focusing on the legalization of cannabis. Because they just don't see how many problems will be solved when they properly legalize and regulate cannabis. And they probably do, they don't want to, uh, the, the main people who don't want to do is, is the police because it gives them the ability to stop and search people, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need mm-hmm. an excuse for stopping and searching people in the street. Yeah. I uh, smell um, cannabis. Yeah. This car reeks of the gange. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Remember and that story? Remember? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit. But yeah, I'm just repeating stuff I said before, but all just to say they don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to take on this issue. Everyone, all their advisors will say, don't bother with it. It's just too much hassle. We've got other things we should be doing. And it just gets passed on to the next um, mm-hmm. administration. You know? yeah. yeah, it's crazy, man. It, just as a line here, the UK police forces all cannabis sativa flower, regardless of THC content, as a controlled substance and element of the Misuse of Drug Act, which is long hindered the CBD and hemp industries. But you can buy it. Remember, like I said, on most of the, uh, the shows that we've done over the last six months, man, if you pay the bribe to the government, to the government's friend, then you can have a prescription and you can go and buy and possess cannabis legally. But you have you to know, pay the fine, the, the bribe. If you pay a big enough bribe, you can grow it yourself. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Well, you know why the whole um, medicinal marijuana thing um became uh, such a big uh, issue. Uh, because of Hannah Deacon. Uh, that's so the, 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 the MS, the, you're talking about the MS, uh, multiple sclerosis stuff. I don't know who. Right, okay. Is that who, so who's Hannah, sorry, who's Hannah Deacon? Hannah Deacon was, uh, what's it, Al, Al, Alfie Dingley is her son with um, a form of epilepsy. Oh, the more recent. Uh, yeah, there's been a few cases. In the was it that was that more sort of back in Theresa May David Cameron type 2018 thing? yeah yeah Theresa May time yeah right yeah um so going back before that even into the 90s so mm. um the, the 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 Tories got interested in the medicinal thing as a way of actually heading off legalization in the UK right so they thought if we turn the, the whole discussion that towards this um we can essentially sort of just shut down the more the, the broader discussion about the the sort of personal right to, to to get high you know the whole question of whose business is it that i'm i'm smoking cannabis you know we can just shut down that whole that whole aspect of the discussion as to say well the science isn't um isn't clear yet and you know and, and basically science is a very powerful way of like that authority is very, a very powerful way of like shutting down the discussion you know like scientific authority you know so Anyway, they they sent um, they'd heard about this the, the guy uh, David Watson who claims to have bred skunk, and um, and uh, being based in the Holland in Horta Farm, so the Home Office actually sent people out to meet him and uh, Rob Clark, if you know who I mean, who wrote mm-hmm. all the books about hashish and stuff. Yeah, so they had this company called Horta Farm. And uh, the Home Office, it was actually the Home Office, you know, who's, uh, 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 I don't know what the equivalent name is in the States. The, anyway, the, you know, they deal with all the actual stuff to do with within the UK. And um, they sent people out to meet uh, Rob, Rob Clark and, and, and David Watson, as in Skunk Man Sam. And, yeah. 
yeah, and then um, Porter Farm uh, became uh, started working with this guy Jeffrey Clark, um, who'd made an absolute fortune out of slow release opiate pills. Mm. Yeah, and uh, they um, established this um, company GW Pharmaceuticals, which is based in um, Horton Down, which is the old weapons testing um, <laughs> place in the southwest of the UK. So Jeffrey Guy, yeah, who'd made the, a killing out of, um, you know, those pills that said, uh, do not chew, <laughs> you know, mm. only chew this if you want to get fucking loaded, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. So bad. anyway, that slow release technology for, for stuff like Oxy, Oxycontin and stuff, he'd made it, he, he had the patent on that. And um, so, yeah, it was, you know, absolutely an inside establishment thing. But, but uh, the reason they knew about um, their, uh, David Watson, uh, Sam Skunkman, and uh, Rob Clark. I mean, it's, it's strongly debated about how it was they were, you know, even known um, so well by the Home Office. But there's all kinds of rumours to do with, um, you know, providing information because uh, possibly it is claimed by some people David Watson had got busted back in the States. And so the DEA already had him, you know, by the balls, as it were, and stuff. And... Um, yeah, but you know it's very shady, and yeah, there there are sort of conspiracies, and and the whole thing was a ploy, um, because they've been very very sort of heavily lobbied by multiple the multiple sclerosis um, people to 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 change the law to enable medicinal use, but they saw it as a great way of kind of, um, you know, not legalizing properly. You know, mm-hmm. yes, my conspiracy. I do like conspiracy. Yeah, it's a real one. It's true. Yeah, that's it. There's definitely some dodgy shit going on in the background that keeps cannabis illegal for as long as it has been. Because it just seems common sense to most of us that it should be legalized and properly regulated. It's the only way to move forward with it. We've got Monkey has some interesting news out of the USA here, which is uh, it, it just goes to show the stupidness in between the states legalizing and the problems with the federal legalization. You, you got this, Monkey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, stories basically uh, 19 places in the United States where you can still go to jail for simple possession. And I know that a lot of people, um, we have an international audience and a lot of people have been under under the impression for a while that pretty much the states is the Wild West and you're not going to get into trouble. I know we've talked about this many times. It's, it varies so much difference across the states. This is kind of like the present state of affairs. You know, here we are. So uh, this article was written, um, it's it's dated 2022, but let's just take a look at it. It's 2022, more than two decades into the 21st century, and in way past time to stop jailing people for weed. But as shocking as it is, there are still 19 states where simple possession can land you in a cage. The Marijuana Policy Project released a new report to highlight the risk of jail in states which have the worst pot laws. In some of these states, penalties are shockingly harsh. In Alabama, for example, a first offense of any amount for personal use carries a maximum penalty of one year in jail. Repeat offenses carry a mandatory of one year and one day in jail. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, get get caught with a a roach and you you can be sent to jail for a year in Alabama. How's that? Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, it's not all it's not all fun and games in the States, but it's 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 not not terrible. Let's just keep on going here. Even worse, the police and courts do not enforce the pot laws equitably. In in every state nationwide, police are more likely to arrest black people than their white counterparts for cannabis possession. 
This is despite similar use rates. For example, in Kentucky, black people are 9.4 times more likely to be arrested for cannabis than white people. That's crazy. 9.4 times. I just, you know, yeah, just right, right there. That makes me want to change your law instantly mm -hmm. right there. Mm. Yeah. Cannabis prohibition has flat out failed. The group consistently calls for, for cannabis legalization coast to coast. It recognizes that, that most likely route is a laudable goal through state governments. Okay, let's take a look at it. In Alabama, like we said, any amount, you can go to jail for one year, and uh, it's a misdemeanor, and it can carry one year and $6,000 fine. Repeat offenses will carry Ooh. a mandatory in year and $6,000 fine. In Alabama, and that's you know, crazy. Arkansas has some of the worst pot laws in the nation. Possessing less than four ounces is a misdemeanor carrying up to one year in jail and a fine of $2,500 for, for less than four ounces. Crazy. Oh. Florida. Everybody would think Florida, okay, you know, they're a little bit, little bit progressive. Nah, not, not really. Florida is the third most populous state. It has medical cannabis. Nevertheless, 21.5 million residents live under the threat of criminal convictions in jail time if they have weed without a medical card. Currently, possession of up to 20 grams or less of cannabis gets one year in prison and a fine of $1,000. Hmm. So it's really not that bad. Look huh? at that horrific <laughs> typo there. Currently, possession of 20 grams or less in gets cannabis no. gets no year. Somebody been smoking guys. while they're reading this. Writing this. Spelling, guys. Yeah, that's how they do it down there. We can ask ChatGPT <laughs> to fix this stuff now, you know? Jesus. Sorry, Mark. You know, like these, um, because often these, um, what the law actually says in terms of what the what the sentences are. Do you know, like, are they usually actually is that actually enforced, or do the judges get tend and to that, not actually hand down? Where you hit the hit the nail on the head. These these laws are not consistently enforced. Yeah. They basically can decide to pick and choose, and that's and again, that's why nine point. Of nine, nine and a half, nine point four times as many yeah. people that are black people are getting charged in whites because they're choosing who to who to prosecute based upon. Uh, it could be anything about the, the way they Crazy. look, the way they're dressed, the way they speak, yeah. the way the way the, the way the officer feels that day. There's no yeah, guideline yeah. there. So basically, what you're you're doing is the same thing that you were talking about that the UK does. You're giving the police officers uh, a weapon to use as they see fit. Mm. Yeah, not, I mean it's not consistent. They literally came to the equivalent of our Secretary of State, I guess it would be. I don't know that the you know home, home the the, the um, Home Office Minister Blunkett at the time of our sort of more um, left left leaning Labour Party. Uh, it was the cops who came to him and sort of strong armed him into uh, recriminalizing possession. You know, so mm -hmm. they said this is just a horrific interference in our ability to operate. You know, like they love to have that. Um, freedom to you know and that like that that 9.4 figure yeah it can get even worse in some bits of the uk i think like some of the southwest it's like 16 times more likely if you're black to be uh busted by the cops yeah anyway yeah Damn. i wish there was a way we could we could fix that i mean i just don't know any way possible to get the officers to be fair across the board i mean what they would say is well do you want to go to jail more often then like no i just want everybody to be treated equally and fairly that's mm -hmm. all you know that's, that's I think crazy. one thing um, is that um, I think a, a lot of those things, I mean, obviously the, the only real way to solve it is to just change the fucking laws, but um, mm -hmm. themselves, like, um, 
you know, it's not a particularly well-paid job, I don't think, in the States, is it? It certainly isn't in England, some of the some of the officers. And, uh, no, it's not. They, they don't, you know, I'm not saying this at all to defend the police, but, you know, they don't, um, I think a lot of the reason that they can be so brutal is not simply that they're all necessarily a bunch of fascists. I mean, in England, you know, it used to be that you couldn't get into the cops if you weren't a Tory, for example, but... Um, so you know there, there there's a strong right wing lean leaning historically within the UK police force, but um, uh, it, it, um, it right wing as in conservative, you know, not libertarian or anything. But um, mm-hmm. I think the, the the fact that police don't feel respected often, that they feel they've got low status in the community, makes them more likely to be brutal. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in the states, it's it's pretty irregular, and, and but the the laws do need to be made more consistent. For, for easy example here is we've talked about Oklahoma many times on this show. Oklahoma is kind of like the wild west of medical marijuana in the states, but they the laws are uh, the most lenient, uh, easiest easiest to get your medical card. For the longest time, it was easiest to get your licenses to actually grow or sell or or, or process or anything like that. It was an easy market and it was a saturated market. But in Oklahoma, now remember, it's only a medical situation. You can still go to jail in Oklahoma if you have recreational cannabis and no medical card. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's fucked. <laughs> that is kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And they also say in a situation in Oklahoma that black people are arrested 4.2 times more than white people are in Oklahoma for, for that stupid reason now that's not saying that you will be arrested again just like we talked about here it's up to the officer's discretion whether or not he wants to pursue this or not and i can tell you in a lot of cases it's i'm not gonna say brushed under the rug but you're given a warning you know you'll probably take take the cannabis off of you you're given a warning and sent on your way it's kind of they make a note about it so if you're caught again that they may not let you go kind of thing like that but mm-hmm. it's completely up to the officer's discretion whether or not he wants to do that. So there's 19 states here where you can still go to jail for possession of cannabis. Does that mean the other states you can't? Uh, well, you could, I guess, if if, if you uh, like. Let's say uh, you probably could go to go to jail in California for possession of massive amounts of cannabis, because then it would be rolled into something about trafficking illegal or something like that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But no, this yeah. is for like simple, this is simple possession, but like just having an amount that a normal smoker might have in their pocket, kind of thing like that. You got wow. Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and West Virginia. You could all go to jail there for simple possession of cannabis, not with intent, none of that kind of stuff. Just a simple possession of a small amount of cannabis can send you to the jail if they decide to do that. So, yeah, the U.S. is no, is no uh, utopia here. You know, Land of the free. Long, long way to go. Oh, yeah. Free as <laughs> Unless you've got weed. You wanted... <laughs> <laughs> Unless you've got weed in 19 different states here. You know how I'm mm-hmm. saying? So anyway, I'm, uh, we're going long, so I'm not going to go on every every specific state there. But um, that's basically it. we have a lot of racial disparities in this country and have a lot of crazy laws in in uh, almost half of the states. So still, still, we have a long way to go.
Yeah, I think one of the, I mean, a lot of people don't have respect for the police nowadays, and you can see why. And I often like to think how different the respect for the police would be if we didn't have this bullshit war on drugs for the last 50 years, where they're essentially persecuting and prosecuting people for things that are none of their business. You know, if you are doing something that has zero detrimental effect on anybody, then you should be allowed to do it. And the fact that the police have been bothering people for choosing to expend their consciousness in whichever way they fucking want to. The fact that the police have been on your case about it for so long, people just fucking hate them now because they can see that they're prosecuting people for things that are not crimes. Especially if they're doing, if if they're using the cannabis in the privacy of their own home, not Mm -hmm. bothering anyone, not, not, not harming anybody. It's a victimless crime. You know, yep. it's one of those stupid things. So mm-hmm. what are they doing that's wrong here? They go in, right. they, they they have their experience, they sober up, they come out, nobody's harmed. So, yes, we've got one more to finish up on. Bubble Huck's been sitting there so quiet, so patient for the whole news <laughs> so far. I've just been listening, you know. He smoked a shitload already, didn't he? That's what it is. I was hammering <laughs> dabs that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but we got uh, uh, I can't read this news story because I'm not a subscriber. Are you a subscriber to these? I'm guys? not a subscriber. All oh, right. This article is for yeah. subscribers only. Wow. No. Well, but, uh, I've never so- subscribed to the Australian Financial Review. So good. Fuck- Don't give money to <laughs> oh, the big media. Oh, oh me, good. me. Let it be me. Obviously. Sorry. Yeah. Right <laughs> my I can't get enough of Australian finance news myself. Yeah. All over it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few I could have picked, and I only picked this one because you know it's always it, look. I'm I'm all for people making money, but when when it comes to this, I just like I'm not a fan of big pharma being in the game as much as they are, and the fact that it's all, um, you know they they're the ones with their hand in the in the pocket. Um, anyway, I'll get into it before I go on my own little rant. A struggling cannabis merchant owes National Australia Bank $61 million. So National Australia Bank-backed cannabis merchant Can Group revealed it is running out of cash on Friday as a debt owed to the bank grew by $5.3 million to $60.96 million. While its investment... While its investment in a 115 million Victorian cannabis warehouse facility pressures its solvency. Uh, NAB yeah, it's big money. NAB, uh, NAB did not respond to a request for comment on the status of the debt facility Can Group first obtained in December 2020 to finance the warehouse's construction in Mildura in Victoria. Uh, the cannabis merchant's cash flow statement showed it posted an operating cash loss of $5.3 million on sales, up 23% to $5.1 million uh, for the quarter to June 30 with available cash on hand of only 764000 uh, The company declined to comment on its cash flow pressure or the debt made up by a drawn $50 million <laughs> bank facility. Too ashamed, man. I just yeah. don't want to talk about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your cash flow problems? Uh-uh. No, thanks. No. Uh-uh. Um, where are we? So uh, $15 million working capital facility. Uh, the Mildura facility also received financial support from the Victorian government's regional jobs fund, but shareholder support has evaporated with the stock cratering 90% since 2020. Oh, uh, it's, <clears throat> oh it gets worse. It's, ho- <laughs> it's horror run included a $3.6 million cybersecurity loss 
after it said it was duped into making payments for works at the Majura facility to an unknown third party uh, and to become a victim of a sophisticated cyber fraud against the company and its overseas contractor. On Friday, the cannabis retailer added it raised $4.46 million from retail shareholders as part of a capital raising in July, although it initially targeted $11.7 million. It's also flagged plans to raise cash by lodging a claim for a government tax refund in financial 2023, alongside a potential deal to sell part of its cultivation facilities and certain business assets for $5.48 million to medicinal cannabis rival Satavate LTD. Some of the cash raised will be used to support plans to produce 12.5 tonnes of cannabis on an annualised base, the company said. So, yes, cannabis companies losing money in Australia. Wow. I just I just thought that's it's huge money, $61 million. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe that's the MasterCard's the, worried about. The, the takeaway I took from it was the stock cratering by 90% yeah, since that's crazy, 2020. Man. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um. But what I, you know, the biggest thing I see this pushing is we don't have a rec market. Um, our, our medical market is basically morphing into a rec market at this point. And the more that these medicinal guys with, and since the government has um, their hand in that pocket, they're the ones making money from it. Um, I, I think this is going to help that push towards the legal market and a and a personal use market, I should say, instead of a rec. Um, because we've now got bills in every state now um, and federally pushing for legalising um, adult use. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe more, maybe more of these companies need to start losing more money before they start going, open up the market. Yeah, let's, and I think they will. They, they, they will continue to lose money. Just not of doing course. it right, you know. Especially considering most of the stuff that's coming into Australia comes from Europe. It's so crazy how they're like, another... we're selling off some of our cultivation space. It's like, can, can I buy some? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Could, yeah. could you buy some? Bubble Hawk, just a, I, a normal I, I guy in want... Australia. Can I buy a piece of that cultivation yeah, shit? It's like, no, not you. Not you. Yeah. <laughs> can, I just have, can I just have that little corner over there? That's all I need. <laughs> I just want yeah. that little corner. Um, yeah, look, I, you know, there's there's other there was there wasn't a whole lot of um, Australian cannabis news that I hadn't covered in the last few weeks, so uh, this was this was the best of a of a of a bad bunch, I suppose. Best. Do, of a do bad you know bunch. if they were um are they all operating indoors? Uh yes. Yeah, so majority of them are because of the way that the laws are here for these these they have to be everything has to be fenced. They have to have static security guards. Um, they it has to not not interfere with like so. If the wind's blowing in a certain direction and a smell starts blowing towards a town or something, it, it's got to it can't be like that can't happen. Um, so it's got to be I inside for that type of reason. It's in, yeah, and and security. So they've they've got to be able to show that they can't be ripped off. Um, there are there are I mean, a few that are outdoors. Um, yeah, but it's but it's more when I say outdoors, I'm I'm talking like greenhouse. So it's it's right. still um, it's still a secure facility either way. But uh, I mean, because I mean, Tasmania is like um, one of the world's major um, uh, pharmaceutical opium producers, right? And it I'm is, sure that's yeah. not happening indoors. 
So to me, that just sounds yeah. bizarre. I mean, yeah, no, it's, that's the argument we've been it. making for yeah. years. Is <laughs> it's it's just ridiculous. There's fields yeah. and fields of poppy, but God forbid you have three or four cannabis plants in your backyard. Mm. Um, and I mean, sorry, but, yeah. it's incredibly sorry if I talked over you again. It's just to say it's incredibly not only uneconomical, but it's also incredibly unecological to have it inside if there's an option for it to be outside. Yeah, I, I honestly, I honestly think that the majority of it, it's just, it's, they're they're more, they're scared that it that it's just going to get ripped off. Um, like we smoke a fuck ton, like that. That's the that's the metric is a fuck ton. It um, is in Australia, again, yeah. yeah. True yeah, story. True story. Like, yeah, true story. <laughs> it doesn't even need more dragons. It's plenty of dragons. Um, <laughs> it, it, we. We quite literally smoke a lot of cannabis here, so their their fear is that if it is out in the open, um, people are either going to go in and rip it off, or kids might walk into the field and and grab a bud off a plant. And it's just, you know, whether whether it's they're, you know, using that as an excuse to to keep everything, um, you know, un, under their wing, or whether it's a um, it just out of the fear that of the devil, devil cannabis plant or whatever it happens to be, um, it stifles a lot. Uh, there, as I said, there are some there are some companies out there that are doing, um, you know, open air, uh, sun sun grown cannabis, but it's not it's not as many. And then most of these facilities that are going up, especially the ones with big capital like this, they're all indoors. They're all under lights. Um, I mean, it's. So, it's to me, I mean, it's uh, the whole thing. I and and unless legislation is introduced in certain countries to effectively protect uh, protect their markets, you know, if they were to actually make a real free market globally, like a global free market in cannabis, where it was just you know no holds barred competition, um, you would find many countries getting wiped out very very quickly. You know. Uh, because when crop scientists look at these indoor facilities particularly, but not only, I mean, outdoors as well, in terms of the yield per hectare that you would get if you if you let a crop scientist of the kind to, you know, bred all these sort of high-density, high-yield uh, versions of, you know, wheat and corn and whatever, if you gave them, you know, five years, ten years to work on cannabis, nobody would be growing the way that we're growing now, you know, with these yeah. big branchy plants with these huge spaces between the rows mm-hmm. and stuff. They'd have they'd have varieties bred that would be able to just, you know, be like a a, a single stick with the with the bud on just on that, and uh, mm-hmm. the amount you'd be able to pack into um a hectare would be just astronomically higher you know and we'll see we've yeah. we've had a lot of um a, a lot of hemp farmers coming through now that's really starting to gain traction especially with things like hemp crete and stuff like that um hemp plastics uh, all the cbd items and stuff that are coming on board that's fine and a majority of those are grown open air um, mm-hmm. But it's, be- it's I think it's because we have really strict guidelines 
um, as to what can be used in the medicinal market. And therefore, a, a lot of the stuff that we we produce here does actually end up overseas. More, more of the stuff produced here ends up overseas than it ever does getting to market here in Australia. And in, in fact, a lot of the stuff that medicinal patients here in Australia consume comes from overseas. So it's, it's yeah. just all I talked to a guy uh, based in London who is involved in producing somewhere in Africa. Um, I forget where it is, but a lot of what he was selling was going to Australia. Somewhere like Zimbabwe or somewhere he was growing, or Zambia or something. Yeah. And for, for the yeah, Australian it, market. Yeah. It, it just, it, it, like, I mean, we've got some of the best growing conditions on the <laughs> planet. Yeah, it's and, madness, man. <laughs> and we, you know, and we're and we're smoking stuff that comes from, you know, Africa or um, a lot comes out of Europe. Canada, well. yeah, Canada, yeah. And the other side like of the, the fucking the, coin completely, you know. And Canada's got all, dreadful yeah. fucking conditions, even though there was that big Vancouver market, uh, you know, production mm-hmm. thing probably still is. But compared to Australia, man, it's like I would fucking love to be able to work in an Australian climate. You know, I mean, obviously it's yeah. Anyway, but. Um, the type of stuff I like, you know, um, that used to be smuggled in to Australia. I knew a few, met a few uh, characters who used to uh, bring stuff from Thailand in 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 the sixties and seventies. You know, on 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 yachts, <laughs> they'd yeah, they'd get it it's, all. It's um, wild. Yes, and they'd ship. They just like go on a big long holiday and then sail down through the Malay Archipelago down, you know, to. to um, wherever it was, Queensland or whatever, but yeah. Well, anyway, we're pushing very long. We're much longer than the usual episode. The 420 has already passed everybody. So if you haven't smoked yet because of 420, then smoke now because I'm reminding you to COVID. How about that? So I'll force you to smoke. That's like our swear word, Angus. If anybody says COVID, you just... Oh yeah, go for all all the flags. (laughs) I was yeah, wondering what so, COVID was about. Maybe I thought I thought it was like some cider-induced hallucinations. <laughs> yeah, just did he say the word, the c word? Did he say it's like a it's the swear jar word. Once if you say the c word, then everybody has to smoke. That's how it is. But uh, got a couple of articles of forum news here. We could cover. Well, I say articles, a couple of sentences. With uh, congratulations to Turpopotamus for winning the HLG. Veg 250 grow light in the heads or tails competition this week. Yes, so yes. congrats to Turpo. That should be with you tomorrow. They were already sending that shit out. So it's either tomorrow or the next day. They're very fast with their shipping. And then we also have congrats to Dr. X for winning the HLG 320 in the Patreon competition. Which is yeah, very cool, man. Epic. Giving out lights all over the place. And then the next light competition will be starting on the 1st of August. So keep your eye out for that, everybody. And you can come and get involved in the competition over on Percy's. And you might be able to win a grow light as well. Very cool. True. Yes. And then just one more thing. Uh, on Thursday, we have an interview with Matt Lammers. Remember Matt Lammers on the show a while ago? He's a cannabis journalist. So he's yeah. going to be returning to the show to come and chat to us about, you know, cannabis journalism and stuff so stay tuned for that but i think that's everything right that's all the cannabis news and events wrapped up there we can take a quick break now and smoke some cannabis let's do it and 
there we go everybody that was this week's cannabis news and events and just like every week if you see any news stories that you would like us to cover on next week's show then do feel free to get in touch you can obviously find us over at percysgrowroom.com the cannabis growers forum so if you are a member over there and you see a news article just feel free to drop us a message and we'll report it on next week's show you can also find us on our discord server which is linked in the description of this download or you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram just search for high on homegrown and drop us a message there if you have something you want us to report but anyway i hope you enjoyed this episode thank you as always for being here and downloading and listening to the show i hope you enjoyed the special guest on the show as well who is angus and we have the interview on wednesday which is going to be with angus as well and of course the grow guides on friday which is also with angus so he's on the show for all of the episodes this week i hope you enjoy the content this man knows loads of stuff and he's got loads of knowledge to share so it's going to be a good week of loads of cool episodes but again thank you for being here thank you for downloading and if you have a news article for us to cover next week do feel free to get in touch and we'll catch you on the next one which is wednesday for the interview have a good week stay high stay safe and we'll see you then goodbye